Hisham. Okay? All right. Uh, I wanted to talk today. Well, let's read this verse. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, it says this. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. It seems like we are not talking a lot lately about our reputations, about what we used to say is our testimony to people. Um, and it matters. In fact, the Bible would say that a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. It's better than having money or things or prestige, a better job. You want a good reputation. We are living in a world where uh, we are in reality TV. We are in all these different personalities in front of us, social media. Um, and it's, it's just an interesting time that we're living in for that. One of the uh, ones I was looking up was um, for the game Survivor, the TV show Survivor. There was a guy named Johnny Fairplay. Okay, now I guess, and first of all, Survivor even got to the point where they brought contestants back called heroes or villains. Like how the, the, the country kind of labeled them on the show, whether they were a hero to be on the team with or they were a villain. So as we talk about like reputations, um, that's interesting to me. And so what happened with this guy, Johnny Fairplay, uh, it says this, the dead grandma lie is still considered one of the greatest moves in the history of not just Survivor, but reality television as a whole. He actually lied to the producer, said his grandma died uh, to kind of <laughs> get further in the game. I wanted to bring an outside element to the game and create the first reality villain. There have been bad guys prior to me on reality TV, but they never sought out that personification. They claim bad editing or creative storytelling. I embraced the role and reveled in it. As I mentioned, no one prior to me wanted to be a bad guy. When I explained to the production that I wanted to be the heel, they were elated and gave me every opportunity to run with my notorious ways. It was like getting a permission slip to do evil. My heroes growing up were Ronnie Piper and Ric Flair. I got to bring all of their villainy to the world of reality TV. Interesting. Interesting. And the reason I want to even talk about this, uh, I'll, I'll just say right up front again is that we are also living in times where we say don't judge and, and and how dare you and there has been a lot of the past of the church that they need to own of criticizing people putting pressure on the next generation to behave a certain way um, and not necessarily being biblical with that but to me I think the pendulum is is far swinging the other way now where it's like, we don't care about our reputations at all. Um, you know, God forgives, God loves. Don't worry about your testimony. God will kind of take care of it. That is completely anti-biblical as well. <laughs> uh, it matters how people see you. It matters. And we'll go over that today. But again, I just wanted uh, to say the verse one more time. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver or gold. In Ecclesiastes 7.1, it says a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Again, why would the day you die be better than the day that you were born 
is because you actually have a lifetime to look back what you could have done for the Lord. That's why it's better. You get to say, this is what I did for the Lord. You don't get to say that day one of your birth. You haven't done much yet. <laughs> but when you die, hopefully you can say, this is what I did with the Lord's help for the Lord. Let's pray. Um, for having a perfect reputation. Lord, it is amazing that you can be perfect, that you have done all things well, and you could still be accused of being uh, you can still be accused of uh, just hoods. Um, interesting, very interesting. So much that you truly are blameless. Even in those accusations, Lord, I do love as you were brought to trial, they had such a hard time trying to figure out anything to pin on you. There was nothing they could do. There, could, there wasn't even little um, stories they might have embellished to make you look bad. The only thing they could say was that you claimed to be the Son of God. Oh Lord, thank you so much for your reputation. Be with us now as we uh, speak, um, and Lord, uh, control us by your Spirit, that we might learn what you would have to say to us. Thank you for your Word. Thank you so much for loving us, and that we pray during this time, again, that it would not be a, uh, a pressure thing, that it would be out of love we would want to do these things for you. In your name, be honored and glorified above all. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 10 starts with a man named Cornelius. We'll start in verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And I'm going to, for time's sake, we're going to go through, this is when him and Peter meet up, and Peter has the vision. And remember, this is a Gentile. It's actually interesting, as we talk about reputation about this guy, good old Italian guy, he's not a Jew. Okay? So that matters. And Peter gives that vision, um, and Peter's going to start to see that the Lord is saying, uh, I'm not going to show partiality. And so if you get to, uh, let me see here, verse, um, we'll start at verse 20. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. This is uh, what a vision is telling Peter to do. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nations of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. And the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. Okay, well, let's just look at a good reputation. Obviously, we could look at the Lord. Jesus has the perfect reputation, but in this story, Cornelius, why is he a guy that has such a good reputation among the people? And is there anything we can kind of learn from that? Number one, he fears the Lord. 
And people know that about him. Okay? People know when they're coming to hang out with this guy that he fears the Lord. Okay? So today, I really do want this to be super practical. Right? And there's a lot of examples we could give or even talks or discussion points when we leave here and go downstairs. What have you done in your life? Or what would people be able to see that would make you them think you fear the Lord? If people at your work hang out with you every day, all right, if there's people in your home that live with you, if there's people in your social group that you're constantly hanging out with, what makes them think you fear the Lord? And again, we'll blanket this whole thing. This is not pressure. And I keep saying, what do you do? We understand that the Lord Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay? But we also have faith without works is dead. Okay? So there's works. We also have Ephesians where it says, God has prepared for us good works that we might walk through them. And so these things are a matter of faith and taking action. What do people say about you that you fear the Lord? Okay? I remember... Very clearly to this day, when I was in high school, I was taking Spanish. Uh, I think it was Spanish 3 at the time. And I remember sitting there, wow, the first day of school, she's going over her normal classroom rules. Don't get up out of your seat without, you know, letting me know. This is how, if you need to go to the bathroom, here's the pass to fill out. Please don't talk out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of, you know, trying to stay awake. And then she said, in my room... I would also like no one to say the Lord's name in vain because I'm a Christian and it offends me. Suddenly I woke up. I was like, whoa, did you just really say that? Like at Fitch Senior High School in Groton, Connecticut? She said, yes. Oh, I shouldn't really. I mean, that was in my mind. You know. But again, she would sit there and say, hey, in my room, do not take the Lord's name in vain. And then she said, it offends me. It offends me. Uh, and I, you can't get any clearer than that. Okay? So for all of us, 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds, okay. For the non-Christians, that girl's religious. And she don't want us doing that. Okay? I mean, that's just one little example. When we talk about fear in the Lord, kind of having respect for the Lord. Guys, we should be a people that... You know, dirty jokes go on and all that stuff, okay? But when someone is talking about the Lord in a bad manner, that should bother us. And we should be people that go, uh, I, I, I don't want you to talk like that in front of me. That's my God. That, that's a very practical way for me, right? Like, they can talk about everything else and, okay, I'm in the conversation, I'm not in conversation. Once you say something about Jesus, passing or in joking, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something because I want them to know, hey, that's my Lord you're talking about. We do the same with our spouses, hopefully, right? Or our children. And especially no one talks about someone's mom, right? You talk about someone's mom, ultimate fight already. And yet you're sitting here talking about my Savior, joking around. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something, okay? So fearing the Lord. It also says he gave a lot of alms. Now, this has the context of not necessarily just giving money. He was serving the people. If you want a good reputation, as we've said from this pulpit a hundred million times, serve people. Serve. It's hard to argue with someone who is constantly serving other people. 
that they're not of good reputation. In fact, sometimes it kind of gives them almost like a free pass. Have you ever seen some of these things like sometimes like they, they, they serve and, and they serve so many people and they're doing so many good things for poor people and, and people who are less fortunate. And then they have a little moment of lapse where they do something stupid. And, and it's kind of like people are like, oh, that was dumb. But listen, they're serving people. They're serving people. Don't, don't mess with that. Okay. How good are we at serving here at Brantford? And more importantly, what's your attitude when you do? Because again, serving is not the calling. <laughs> it's having a good attitude with it. And so again, it would be to me a gut check. If people at Brantford, again, I, I'm, I'm on a spotlight right now, right? I, I'm preaching. I'm, th- this is, you know what I mean? Like speaking on behalf of the Lord, so to speak, is what the Bible would say. And so I, I would hope I have a testimony that would be okay to do that, right? And so in that, Again, when we serve here at Brantford Bible Chapel, what do you think your reputation is? What do you think your rep is? If you're asked to go do something, do people sit there and go, I'm not even going to ask them because I know they won't. Some of us got that rep. Some of us got the rep of, hey, they're really good, but they're going to offend everyone when they do it. So do we really want to get them to do it? They're going to yell at everyone when they serve. Some of us got that rep. Okay, hey, uh, so-and-so is more than willing to do it, but they're going to be lazy and they probably won't do a good job. I mean, those things matter, guys. And it's so interesting because as we say, hey, but at least you're serving. It's so hard for us to go, but you could have done the job better because we're all just volunteering for the Lord. But at the same time, if this is the day we got to talk about it, (laughs) your reputation matters. How you do your service matters. Your attitude behind it matters. It absolutely does. Another thing here in um, Acts chapter 1, it says he uh, feared God, he gave alms generously, and he prayed to God always. Prayed to God always. Okay? If you want to have a good reputation, you should be someone who's constantly praying. Constantly praying. And again... It's interesting. How do they know he prayed always? Usually prayer is a private thing, kind of done in quiet. Some of you pray out loud. I don't, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm the quiet guy, you know. But at some point, well, I know, I know. At some point, they know he's a man of prayer. So we're talking about praying in front of people. And again, it's not a pressure thing, Okay. It's not a pressure thing. But at the same time, you want to be known for someone who's praying. You want to be known for that. Okay? That is a good thing. Again, I'm horrible at this, uh, but I would like to even get to the point where I could pray for my workers at work. Just ask them, can I pray for that for you? That's scary. I'm not doing that. I would like to. I've seen other believers do it. And a lot of times... It's accepted very well. I'd love for you to pray for me, sure. Okay? But this idea of prayer um, is just, it's so powerful at times. It's so powerful. It lets people know there's someone uh, bigger than us in God, and we're going to address our needs and our thoughts to Him. Uh, There's a documentary right now on quarterbacks, 
on Netflix. I'm not promoting. There's some language in there. But Kirk Cousins is one of them. And um, it was uh, really cool to see uh, the last uh, show I just watched. Um, it's going through. Uh, he had just he had all these expectations. If you don't know, they were 13 and three the Vikings last year, and um, they lost to the Giants in the playoffs. Yes, I know. So, but it was really cool to see him right after the game. The cameras are following him, um, and him and his wife are talking about how, how how do we lose this game and all that stuff. And then he's going to put his sons to bed, and they actually uh, kept filming, kind of deal. It was um, it was the cool part of the show because uh, the the camera comes off of of Kirk and his kids. It's like a, a still shot somewhere in the hallway, and uh, you hear Kirk singing on Christ the Solid Rock. I stand with his son, and then they want to pray. The prayer is not uh uh theological, glorious, deep, uh, it's literally like, hey, thanks that we get to play football, and Lord, wish we would have won, or something like that. <laughs> uh, perfect uh, prayer to me with, with a, a little boy there, but again, I, I just to me, it was interesting that, again, everyone watching this documentary knows he just had one of the worst games of his life, one of the ones that hurt the most, and that night, he's praying and singing with his son. That's an amazing reputation. It's absolutely amazing. And we can have that kind of reputation as well, especially as parents with our kids. We can pray with our kids. Little kids love to pray. <laughs> we can be grandparents and pray with our little grandkids, all that stuff. They're accepting of it. We can pray with them and be known as the people that pray, that pray. How do I get a good name? Okay, so, so what do I do? Here's some examples from Cornelius. I'll tell you again that um, we have to be careful of reputations. George Washington once said, A reputation once broken may possibly be repaired, but the world will always keep their eyes on the spot where the crack was. Warren Buffett, It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. Okay, and I again, some of us have had mistakes in the past. It's not a big deal. The Lord forgives. Okay, but at the same time, it would be nice to be a people like Daniel in the Bible. You know, it's interesting. Um, we 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 talk about these characters in the Bible, right? And it's good. We can say, hey, Moses did so many great things, and he had problems. He had anger issues. He he murdered a guy. David. Great king, but he had problems. He did this. There's also those in the Bible that really, even though they were sinners, we got nothing on them. Guys like Daniel, they're, they're, there's not really anything written bad about him. Uh, that's someone we can look up to um, in the Bible as well. It's like, wow, th this guy is in the Bible, and, and it doesn't seem like there's any flaws. And so I would hope that we would um, be a people that are like that. And so one of these things about um, having a good reputation, all right, is, I mean, there's simple things, right? You can be more loving, okay? <laughs> you can be more loving and get a good rep. You can serve more. You can be respectful to authority more. 
Okay, these basics are actually going to take us far in today's society. Love more, serve more, be respectful to authority. Okay, and I will tell you this, as busy as life gets, I want to ask the question, does your busyness give you an excuse to not love and serve? Okay, does your busyness give you an excuse not to love people or serve people? Because that's, again, against the Bible. Okay, I always thought about it when, when Kim and I, I, to this day, I remember that, that idea of our kids are tired and they're whining and we don't want to punish them at age three or four because it's, it's somehow not their fault. They're tired. And her and I looking at each other going, what, when, when is that ever an excuse? When do I get to go to work and be tired and go, I don't want to do it. When do I ever get to be rude to someone because I'm tired and go, well, you understand. I didn't get a lot of sleep, so don't be too upset. It's just not an excuse. Okay? So in our own busyness, I think sometimes we sit here and think, well, you know, I should have served a little more. I should have loved them, but people understand. I'm really busy. It's just not an excuse. <laughs> it just doesn't really go far. Okay, we're to love people and serve people regardless of how we feel, regardless of how tired we are. And if you are that busy, look at rearranging your schedule. Maybe your schedule is out of whack. But this idea of obtaining a good reputation, turning your Bibles, please, to 2 Peter chapter 3. We'll read in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 14. Therefore, beloved, talking about the day of the Lord, when the Lord returns. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot, and blameless. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to you, has written to you. Okay, blameless. In the account of uh, the qualifications of deacons and elders, actually, I think it's just elders, um, they're to be above reproach. That's a word there, above reproach. Uh, these words are connected here in the Greek, blameless. In other words, you cannot be blamed for something. Okay? You're, put, you're living a lifestyle that it is hard to blame you for doing something wrong because you're not hanging out with the wrong people. Okay, you're not um, hanging out in that crowd that was doing something silly, and now you're associated with them. So this whole idea of good reputation has the idea of, are we even thinking about how does this look to other people? How does this look to other people? Now again, this is very hard in Christendom, because people want to draw lines. This is where we get into legalism, okay? And I got to tell you, there's different situations for everyone. Okay, but it did not take away the fact that we on our own minds should be thinking, how does this look to people? How does this look to people? Can I be blamed for this? I still remember a time when I was coming home from college and I was hanging out with some old friends um, and we were playing basketball at a local uh, court in my neighborhood, so to speak. And uh, the lights are on, it's like 10, 30, 11 at night. We're just playing hoops. We get in the car and a cop starts um, coming to patrol the park. And I don't really care. And my two friends are like, did we take it out of the car? I'm like, guys, what the heck are you talking about? Is the weed still here? Hey, guy. And again, I was ready to throw them under the bus real quick. 
I was like, hey, guys, I, I, I don't have your back. The cop comes right now. Tell me right now there's not drugs in this car. I'm definitely not, like, getting involved in this because I decided to play basketball with you guys, and now you two have drugs in the car, and I got it, like, it was just very annoying to me, okay? Um, and so the reason I say all that is not that, you know, we can't trust anyone, but there are certain circumstances we can put ourselves in. That cop comes over and goes, yeah, I know, you, you didn't do any of this, but these two did. It just doesn't work that way, okay? And so there's this idea of being blameless. We don't want to be blamed. You know, it's funny, what we say matters, right? It's amazing. Some people in my life that I love that I, you can't pin them on anything. Like, I don't remember them talking negative about people. So I cannot blame them for, for like, I can't say, well, you, you used to talk this way about this person, so I'm going to talk this, you know, bad about so-and-so. They're blameless. They're blameless, and that's how we should be, above reproach, putting ourselves in positions where we cannot be blamed. And the hard thing about that is I didn't do anything wrong being in that car. You got to hear that part. I wasn't sinning. I wasn't doing anything wrong. In fact, I was hanging out with friends who were believers, okay? And it wouldn't have been my fault if the cops came. <laughs> it certainly happened. That's not the issue. It's being aware of, can I be blamed? Where am I putting myself? What situations am I allowing myself to get into where people can start seeing the wrong picture of me? Here's where we have verses that say, let's not have an appearance of evil. Let's not have an appearance of evil. It doesn't even mean evil's going down, but we just don't want it to look that bad. Remember the great Billy Graham uh, at least the story goes because people wanted to ruin his reputation so much that he had guys go in every single door before him, every single door at a hotel, because he never knew there was going to be a girl not really dressed, just open the door, boom, someone takes the picture, and now his rep is ruined. So he had a thing in his life. Now think about that. He's serving the Lord. He's traveling everywhere. Not an easy life. And now he's got to have a guy go in between, in front of him every time in a door. That's an amazing lifestyle choice he made. Amazing. Burdensome. Hardship. But guess what? We never saw it in the tabloids. In the tabloids, right? We never saw it. All right. Finally, why should we care so much? I'm going to tell you this. Because, and we'll close with this is that he cares about his name, okay? The Lord cares greatly about his reputation, greatly, okay? You can read all about this in Ezekiel um, chapter 20. I won't read it all now, but um, it's amazing. It's kind of one of those chapters, again, that goes through a quick, probably thousand-year history of Israel in one chapter. <laughs> and he talks about the fact that for his namesake, he led him out of Egypt, so the Gentiles would know. And then even they rebelled and he gave them the law and they continued to rebel for his name's sake. He still worked with them and did all these things. There's a few things. Um, well, let's, a few verses I should say. Let's read, uh, I'll read these out loud. Psalm 23, 3. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalm 31, 3. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. 1 John 2.12 I write to you, little children, 
because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Psalms 25, 11, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Have you thought about the fact that the Lord, part of his character and part of his action towards us is him worried about his own testimony? Him worried about his own testimony. Okay? You are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. He wants to lead and guide and forgive us. Why? You can say because he's a jealous God and he's worth it. Okay, and I have no problem with that. But there's also a piece that he's worried about his namesake so others can get saved. So others will trust in him. So that the world can say there's nothing wrong with this God. He has done everything for me. I have messed up and yet I can put my faith and trust in him. And he's proven his love. He's done it all. He was perfect. He died on the cross. He rose again. And he's willing to still lead and guide. And the reason I can know that is I can see it in these people right here. I see what he's done in their lives. And so that's why God cares about his reputation. And so that others can come and enjoy the benefits of a personal relationship with him. He's not doing it just to do it. He cares about his reputation. And if he cares about his reputation, we should care about ours. Especially because we bear his name. In 1 Peter 4.16 it says, However... If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. You call yourself a Christian, you are telling the world, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and I am trying to be like him. You have a reputation to uphold. It matters. It matters when you call yourself a Christian. It matters what you do with your life. He cares about his reputation so should we. So should we. Do not hear this as pressure. But my goodness, stop acting like it doesn't matter. Your reputation precedes you. Every one of us in this room has a reputation. Every single one of us. Let's think about how people see us. Let's pray. I'm going to start us off with corporate prayer. Do we know who's ending? Beautiful. We'll go right into corporate prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, again for being perfect, and thank you so much as we talk about these things. Lord, we know uh, it's impossible for us to, to have a good reputation without you. Uh, even with you, we deny the things you tell us to do, um, and we do not uh, have the faith we should, and we can tarnish. And sometimes we just want to give in to our sinful flesh, and so we can ruin our reputations. Uh, but Lord, thank you so much that there's mercy and grace with you. Thank you that you, you are, um, your Bible is filled with stories of people who have been restored by you. And so Lord, give us this wisdom of balance, but let us care about how we look to other people, Lord. Let us care that we bear the name um, that is above every name and that the world might see a people who love you and that the world might even uh, see uh, their need for a Savior based on our lives. In your name, amen.